So welcome to season two or season two episode two of Crypto Freak. This is your friendly host Neeraj uh, with a fresh new episode. And uh, today we have with us uh, Namish Sangvi from Coin Crunch India. Now uh, today's episode is all going to be about the crypto scenario of India. What what is the crypto scenario right now and what? Uh, it, and we are going to talk about uh, the regulations uh, or what is happening about uh, the crypto regulations in India. <coughs> and one thing I can definitely tell uh, 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 the viewers about Himesh is I actually met him in uh, one of the meetups and uh, uh, I have been uh, seeing him in nearly most of the meetups. So he loves to attend meetups and uh, learn more about crypto. And the main thing which I liked about him is always striving that the right knowledge is passed on to the crypto users. So without wasting any time, uh, I'm giving the mic to Namish so that he can introduce himself. Hey guys, thank you very much for having me Neeraj. Uh, I am Namish. Uh, I run a website called CoinCrunch India. And uh, we are a news portal for cryptocurrency and blockchain news uh, from India. So, and then I personally am uh, very eager on learning about crypto and uh, blockchain. And so I keep traveling, I attend meetups, I meet a lot of people. Um, I have a nice circle now, you know, in the crypto space. <coughs> I, I know a lot of people now, but, uh, but that's about it. You know, the, the idea is that we have a community. Uh, it doesn't matter what cryptocurrency you believe in, but we do have a community that believes that cryptocurrency is a future. So it's always nice to connect and Neeraj is one of them and uh, I am so happy to be here. <coughs> so Neeraj, let's talk about uh, uh, regulation. Yeah, I, before that I just wanted to know the current scenario, what, what is happening in the crypto scenario, especially in India. Okay, I can actually summarize that in 30 seconds now. Uh, one. The RBI's uh, decision to, you know, stop the banks or all the regular regulated entities from giving services to anybody, anybody, individual or businesses dealing in cryptocurrency is still in effect, right? Uh, so even now people can't do businesses. The second, uh, there is people have like, I mean, the exchanges and individuals are fighting the case in Supreme Court against the RBI. Uh, the Supreme Court has given four weeks deadline, which ends on in two weeks now, March, March 26th. So in March 26th, we will know if the government is going to come up with some regulations around cryptocurrency or not. If they do, we will still have a court hearing. If they don't, we will still have a court hearing. Okay. But we are hoping that uh, this time when the hearing happens, uh, the court is able to people are losing jobs. So they might just you know, squash that. And if they squash that, uh, we are back to, you know, being able to freely trade cryptocurrencies in India using our bank accounts. So that is the current scenario. Um, the government has been postponing declaring regulations for cryptocurrency for I don't know how long. Uh, uh, we had a date of June. But then we had date of December, and then we had no. First we had a date of March uh, 2018. Then we had June 2008, and now we have March 2008, uh, March 2019 again. So that's the current scenario. Okay. And do you feel uh, that in uh, the election scenario, which is going on right now, do you feel that the government will actually uh, come up with? Uh, some kind of ruling because uh, to be very uh, frank with you in one one or two youtube channels i have actually seen uh, uh, people uh, the youtuber saying that uh, they will not come or they are not allowed to bring any kind of regulations or, or something like that so could you share something so, about uh, i think about two weeks before an election uh, something called as so something called as i'm sorry i lost the connection for a bit there so two weeks before uh, any election, right? Uh, something called as Achar Sahita comes into effect, which is like a model code of conduct. So under this model code of conduct, ideally the government does not uh, cannot come up with any policies. 
so is to not sway the votes you know uh, that is the model co code of conduct but if it's a financial policy then uh, crypto kanun actually did a video on this and if it's a financial policy uh, they can take the permission uh, and then they can make a policy change okay so it is a possibility that if they want to declare uh, regulations they can by taking appropriate permissions and i uh, i think it should be from the cag controller i i think so i'm not 100% sure but they can declare if they want to uh but given the situation i think that you know with the markets down and not a lot of active users of cryptocurrencies i don't think that this is like a priority for the government um okay they will come up with uh, something like they will just ask the supreme court for more time but i don't think they'll come with full fledged regulations and it's it's really a tough task you know because who is going to regulate should we regulate it as money is it rbi should be regulated as uh, regulated as securities uh, is it um, sebi and uh, what about taxations so then there is uh, cbdt so a lot of players are involved and uh, i don't think that one person or one uh, commission or one one uh, committee can take responsibility for it so it's going to be difficult Okay. And how was the government's response uh, when you actually launched for the RTI? It was a uh, okay. So I've done a lot of RTIs, right, Neeraj? I've done an RTI with RBI about how what is the internal uh, research that they are doing. So there were news about uh, you know RBI setting up a blockchain research uh, committee, and uh, that was falsified. um uh, after i mean there was kind of like uh, it was revealed that they are doing nothing like that from the rbi with an rti um when we reached out to the government after news broke out that the committee the gurk committee has submitted the regulations report um we reached out to the government with an rti and we were told that the report is still in finalization stage it was a one line answer but it said that the report is still in finalization stage debunking what cnbc tv 18 said um i love taking names of mainstream media because they are like they are the ones i'm here for you know i like i'm after them uh, <laughs> so they get the sources from anywhere and i try to debunk the sources that's what i do <laughs> so the report is still in finalization stage that's the that's the final update uh since you mentioned about cnbc and some of the uh, channels uh actually uh i was a, I, i had done a podcast with vishal gupta uh, uh, who is one of uh, uh, like one of the uh, bitcoin uh, enthusiast from mumbai and he generally okay. he generally features in most of the uh, money control he used to feature uh, in money control and other channels and uh, uh, one thing he actually specifically told is uh, the the problem is not with the media the he at least that's what he said he said that uh, maybe they have a limited time in which to convey that so that's where sometimes the miscommunication or uh, uh, happens uh, so absolutely absolutely i mean see we have the liberty to be uh, to take time and do the diligence Uh, do due diligence and research and then publish an information uh, in media the interns the reporters they don't have the luxury of time you know they want to be the first to publish the news into the market and in that process um, they are not able to verify the news in, in its entirety you know and uh, what is to say that i mean they are not wrong probably because they are relying on some sources from finance minister what is to say that the source is not lying right what right. is to say that source is not uh, you know doing this to put them on a different track to put us the viewers onto a different track you know so we need to stick to it we need to stick at least uh, for blockchain and cryptocurrencies we we ought to stick to a research oriented path uh, when it comes to you know acquiring news and also uh, you know updating other people uh, that's that's what i think and vishal is absolutely right neeraj in that case that media is brutal brutal if they are not first you are losing serious revenue for your channel okay so they have to be the first to report something uh, and uh, that's the unfortunate thing as well so <laughs>
Okay, before we actually go through the regulation part, I just wanted to maybe discuss the scenario for uh, India. Well, I was just doing a study of India, and you will, in fact, you must be already aware of that. But India has amazing uh, demographics. Uh, first of all, like uh, I was just studying about it, and uh, are you aware of a uh, character of people called millennials? In fact, you might be one of them. Like millennials are something, uh, someone who is born after nineteen. Uh, uh, 84. 84 and mid yeah. 90s, between mid 90s. I yeah, said, no, mil, yeah, millen I am a millennial, yes. Uh. <laughs> okay, so uh, the interesting thing was that uh, the uh, in by the year 2020, India India's uh, birth population is going to consist of more than 50 to 60 percent of millennials, and this is not. Uh, this is not uh, this is not found out anywhere in the world, and by default, yeah, you you want to say something? No, I uh, yeah, you are right, and the the reason is that we have a lot of population. So <laughs> uh, back back when I was in school, uh, India was still the youngest. Uh, India still had the youngest uh, population because forty five percent of our population were less than forty years old. Right. So it was in 95, 96. No, it was in fact in 2002, 2003 when I studied this. Right. So that means we are always going to be that. We're always going to have the youngest population. The most number of population, like the highest number of population in our country will be very young. Because, uh, because we are having more and more babies. You know, we haven't reached a point where, uh, you know, we are not... We are not like Europe where people are realizing that kids may not be the right choice. Uh, and, and you know, they are on a population decline. We are on a population increase, man. We, we are exponentially rising. In, by 2020, I'll be surprised if we are not the highest populated country in the world. So, okay. Yeah, over uh, passing yeah, China. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the reason I brought this point is... Uh, one a few characteristics of millennials uh, I was uh, sounded very interesting. Number one is uh, they uh, are very tech tech, uh, tech savvy. Second, yes. Second is they are uh, risk taking. So yes. uh, and uh, the reason like maybe some of the reasons why the government is not regulating or maybe afraid to do the regulations is that. Maybe they do not want to take the risk of maybe being the first nation. But here, uh, here we have uh, maybe sixty percent of your workforce uh, who is ready uh, to take the blockchain uh, to the next level. So, just wanted your views. Yeah. On I think you are absolutely right in thinking that maybe the government doesn't want to be the first one. Uh, we have always been a following country. Right? We, have, we, are a, we are a very follower country. We, we rely on other countries to implement things and then we bring it to our country. Right? Uh, that's been a pattern and that's very cautious pattern because, you know, like, unlike other countries, our population is not that uh, into, I mean, they are not acquainted to technology that easily. See, if you think about it, before Geo came, only maybe 200 million people, no, actually 300 million people had access to internet. That is like less than 30% of our population. So after geo, it has increased. And now people are using their internet facilities for so many other things than to learn about technology, right? You'll see this one-off cases where you'll know that somebody, you know, used a Wi-Fi, a public Wi-Fi to a graduate, uh, to study for the graduation and all that. But those are one-off cases. So it doesn't look, I, I think that you are right in saying that millennials are going to, are very risk taking in a sense, but, uh, but then when it comes to, you know, being distracted, also we are very ahead in that curve, right? So that's, that's a, that's a problem. And uh, we are, we are not a very independent population as well. You know, we are a very, uh, very dependent uh, population in terms of family. So we don't really take decisions ourselves. We are not really learning to take decisions ourselves because uh, as, as we are growing up, our parents are throwing their decisions onto us, right? That's a, that's a big statement to make, but it's somewhat correct in, in a sense. Right? 
so <clears throat> similarly you know there are elders sitting in the government who think that you know if something goes wrong our population we need to protect our population you know they don't really believe or i i personally think that they don't really want to give an opportunity to the country in a sense where they can also lose money see if i invest in bit if i had invested in bitcoin in 2017 uh, december right right now i'll be i'll be bankrupt mm-hmm. right? if i if i invested in altcoins i am definitely bankrupt i mean my account balance is like used to be so big i didn't think that that was possible now it's like few digits so <laughs> you know that that's what i'm saying that so and then one of the uh, one of the uh, answers in from rbi in quote was also that that what if people lose money in bitcoin and they stop trusting all digital currencies all digital way of transacting so then they've lost interest in upi they've lost interest in paytm they've lost interest in wallets so you've technically just affected the entire uh, ecosystem of digital india right the transactional ecosystem so that is their worry and they are worrying that this will happen but i personally think that the government is not looking at it in the correct direction there are laws to protect people from scams they should be stricter in implementing those laws rather than curbing everything because you are just pushing the market into a, into the underground it's like there are there are sattas happening there is gambling happening there is uh, dabba type trades happening there is uh, cash transactions using angadias happening all of those things are happening what makes you think that bitcoin transactions will stop if you put a ban instead let it let it happen let it happen try to keep a control on it the exchanges will give you the data if you want so you i mean yeah we are a little bit different from the point but uh, you are right in saying that the government is afraid to give so much to the millennials because they think they won't be able to do right by it uh, right and because that's that's a very nature and that's a very uh, like a very indian mentality of elders and parents that bachche apne aap se kuch nahi kar sakte so every, and 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 who wants to lose power we are talking about decentralization here like if bitcoin becomes a mainstream payment system the government loses power right they they lose control nobody wants that i don't think anybody wants that <laughs> so uh, now uh, let's move on to uh, another topic now let's assume that uh, what is going to happen if if maybe the government bans bitcoin okay yeah uh, so i have jo- uh, jotted down some points so maybe you could elaborate on that uh, sure. first first is lack of trans- uh, traceability so uh, crypto assets can be stored and transferred using any device connected to internet uh, as no kyc or anti money laundering uh, are uh, will be followed if there is a ban uh, regulator would not be able to ascertain the value of uh, volume of transactions identify the parties and cross border uh, cross border movement of crypto uh, assets will take place is that right? that's that's right uh, that will happen in fact you know that will happen more because Uh, people will have an alternative to cash um right and if if the bitcoin price stabilizes this is going to increase even more the only deterrent to use of bitcoin into the incorrect markets or the the illegal markets is the price right it, because it's been falling so there are not lo- not a lot of transactions the moment price stabilizes or increases people are going to start using it so it's better that you be prepared now than regret it later okay so do you think uh, that maybe if the ban happens uh, uh, maybe more funding might happen to terror activities the scope of that no i i don't think that can happen okay with or without ban bitcoin's properties are not changing bitcoin okay. is still pseudonymous monero is still entirely private right okay. so if i want to fund terrorists i can still do it but the thing is that you know this is not a viable form of payment for terrorists i mean there are three or four documented cases 
wherein only four or five thousand dollars were sent to terrorists. Right, that was the highest amount in documented cases. You can look it up. You know, anybody who's listening to this, you can look it up, and you'll come to know. It's a fear that they have created, but it's not a viable fear in my sense. And if we, if I really want to fund terrorists, I have many more ways to do it. That is cash. That is cash. Cash is the king in any way. Anyway, and and if I want to use digital currencies. i can always use uh, monero even now when there are the bitcoin is legal and not banned right if, uh, cryptocurrencies are legal and not banned but nobody does that nobody is going to do that i don't think they are tax savvy enough or they do, they have the time to where will they liquidate the question is where will they liquidate they need someone sitting in that that remote corners of pakistan and afghanistan or even in india who are who are miscreants right they need someone to liquidate those currencies to pay their own people or to buy weapons where will they go and do it i mean i don't think that's possible with or without a ban next point is money laundering now the government has said that maybe if we uh, one of the main reasons or rather uh, what i have heard is uh, they are not maybe regulating it because money laundering is uh, going to happen but uh, but i uh, my viewpoint is a bit different like uh, the money laundering is going to happen more if you actually ban crypto because it will result in underground market uh, based on where trading happens in cash or other untraceable uh, consideration uh, just to give you an example china there is a ban in mining in china but everybody knows what happens in china so would love your uh, opinion on that i think you are absolutely right once uh, i i think you have it you've nailed it okay um if you so if you ban it whoever wants to really trade cryptocurrencies like legally trade cryptocurrencies essentially they are also money laundering <laughs> right i mean you are putting the good citizens also into the same bucket as the bad ones and those who want to launder money they can do it even now see everything comes down to that boils down to that one thing right what is stopping these people from doing these things right now the the reason the question is are they doing it that is what your job is as a government to find out you have no data there are there were uh, i'm i'm taking a little bit of time here neeraj but there were so many questions so many times questions asked in both houses of the parliament that is the government aware of how many exchanges are there how many transactions are happening who is doing it the government has repeatedly said that it is not monitoring cryptocurrency transactions oh okay so if you are not monitoring the transactions you don't know how much money laundering is happening right the law enforcement needs to uh, needs to learn that and maybe start tracking them right now if they want to uh another impact of the ban would be lack of consumer protection lack of consumer protection technically yes but uh, it's a decentralized system the even if there is a regulation who is going to protect us so that the only protection that we can get get with regulations is that tomorrow if an exchange gets hacked they can file for bankruptcy under the law and uh, their assets would be liquidated and paid back to the uh, the traders but that's it i mean right now without regulations coin secure got hacked and they paid the uh, the investors right uh, the uh, mohit kalra paid all the investors that's what i hear there are one of one or two cases which say that they have not been paid but other than that 95% people are saying they got paid okay how about insurance of this exchanges because i've heard uh instances where uh, exchanges in maybe uh foreign countries they have insurance uh, for their exchange so if something they bad, do uh so uh would regulation actually maybe bring in something where uh they would tell the exchanges to get an insurance or something like that it is possible i mean i don't know for sure um but they can there can be an a whole blue grooming industry as in a mushrooming industry in the insurance sector uh but the but the truth is that i don't know if insurance companies would want to do this 
I don't know. Uh, I mean, think about it. If they want, I mean, there is a business opportunity here. But if one time an exchange gets hacked, the amounts are huge. Right? Huge. Like millions. We are talking about like 100 millions in bull runs. Right? right now, even we can see about a million or two. So I don't know insurance companies, how they want to deal with this, but they can always come up with tricky solutions. All the MBAs sitting there can really find some really great solutions for this. Maybe not an Indian insurance company. Yeah, maybe not. Uh, I don't know that if they can, we can insure outside if the company is registered in India. Can we? No, I don't think so. I'm not sure. Okay. But yes, so regulations will open up all the avenues. Without regulations, nothing will happen. Without regulations, currency, Bitcoin is as unprotected as anything if they are on your exchanges. Now, also, like, uh, like if there is a ban, people are going to uh, use crypto who are passionate about it. Uh, and uh, one of the things that might just happen is maybe uh, they might just open an account with a foreign exchange, uh, of, uh, foreign crypto exchange. So... Or don't you think like uh, banning crypto in India would actually lead to maybe capital going uh, to a foreign uh, exchange? Now, I understand uh, Indians are Jugadu and they would bring back the uh, capital. But on, on, <coughs> the, on the technical front, the, there will be a cap, capital inflow outside India. Yeah, I think that I personally think that capital flow is of less importance, but taxation is of more importance. Oh, okay. Right. So if, if say, if I'm going to move money out of the country, that's gone, right? I can even move it legally if I want to, right? And if, if I, all I save the government, it's even not even the government, right? All I save the banks, the bank fees is what I save, right? And the bank is going to pay a portion of it in taxes to the government. That also these guys don't do it. So it's the, if capital goes out, I'm technically, I'm, it's not a big effect on the government. But, but that being said, if capital stays out and the profits also stay out, then the taxation is affected. So regulations would keep the money within the country, the profits also within the country. And on those profits, they can also appropriately charge taxes. Okay. Now, uh, since you mentioned about taxation, let's come uh, to the next impact that may happen uh, is loss of tax revenue. Now, right now in India, there are around five to six million users of crypto. And uh, this, this number is actually taken from uh, Nishit uh, Desai's report who had uh, recommended uh, suggestions uh, uh, for implementation <coughs> of uh, regulation. Uh, so, uh, so it's a the government is actually losing lucrative reserve uh, reserve resource, maybe GST and income tax. What do you, what, what do you think about that? This is a, some lot of. We are in theory. In theory, we are not losing any tax revenue. The exchanges should ideally be. Pay paying their GST on the fees that they collect uh, and the users who profit from it should actually be paying taxes, uh, you know, voluntarily on their profits, right? So theoretically on paper, we are not losing tax revenue, but tomorrow said the government says and says that on your crypto profit, it's flat 30% tax, right? That's when they can make more revenue in taxes than right now. So if I, if my profits from crypto are less than 10 lakhs, I'm still in the 20% bucket. Right. So I'm the government could still make 10% more from me. So that is why regulations and flat taxation and all those things can help. Right. But I'm sure that when, when the taxation, if the regulations come in, the taxation, people will stop reporting that they've earned money from cryptocurrencies. So it's a very delicate balance that they need to maintain uh, on how they can do it. And that is why the regulations are taking so long. And I'm telling you, Neeraj, I'm sure that the regulations are going to take another year or two <laughs> to come. Right. It is not possible and it is not at all possible for Indian government to come up with regulations at, a, at a, such an early stage. 
right they and they can't ban it also because they don't know properly how to ban it how will they enforce like they banned pubg in rajkot how did they enforce they started walking around whoever was playing pubg they arrested them so 10 people got arrested imagine the outcry when that happens in crypto right so and and we are not going to sit on the streets and trade cryptocurrency we'll be in our houses privately doing it we don't even have to tell anybody so there has to be like a balance where you are you have low taxation you are not charging a lot to the users you are also incentivizing them to keep the money within the country you are incentivizing the exchanges by having licenses given to them those things can happen and then you know people who really want to trade crypto they can legally do it and then the government can only focus on those people who are not into these platforms which are licensed by the government then it's a different story uh i had attended one of the meetups uh, in mumbai uh, and uh, one of the speaker was uh, a blockchain lawyer <coughs> varun uh, from new delhi yeah uh, and uh, he mentioned that taxation is a challenge for uh, uh the exchanges also because uh, you uh, you have to find out where to find out the right taxation you need to have when the bitcoin was purchased and right now the exchanges do not have any setup where uh, you can actually have maybe a list of transaction when it was purchased uh, am i correct in that is that a problem uh, that the exchanges have to take care of so yes uh, long back i was having this discussion in the same lines with uh, some of the some of the exchange folks and uh, we realized that you know these guys are taking fees in cryptocurrency and uh, how will they calculate that how because see under the capital assets law every transaction is a taxable event okay right so even if i convert my bitcoin to ethereum i have to calculate how much was the price of bitcoin that i purchased i have to liquidate it in the current indian price and if it's a profitable event i pay tax on it then i have to buy the ethereum so that is how you have to do it you can't just say that oh starting me itne ka ethereum liya tha bitcoin liya tha and that doesn't work that way so in that context i'm sure varun is coming from this idea that we have to always know how much was the bitcoin's price at a, at that very moment when you took the fees from the user or move to a model where you are not charging fees in cryptocurrencies like coinex for instance okay right coinex is crypto to crypto exchange is uh, zero fees okay uh, right uh, only inr to cryptocurrency exchange has fees and uh, they they charge the fees in inr but for someone like say bitbns uh, or a wazirx or a coin delta those guys charge money in uh, cryptocurrencies i don't know what they will do about it varun is absolutely right that is going to be a problem but unless there is a law uh, you when you can just matlab uh, you know you can if you pay the taxes in the higher bracket you should be fine i guess uh, another thing uh, was lack of enforceability uh, like the government had in uh, there were uh, rather news that oh you are having bitcoin we are going to maybe put you in jail or something like that if that was the news uh, earlier which was going on but i really do not understand if they are yeah. going, if they are going to ban how how are they going to enforce that uh, because uh, indians are how are you going to find an indian who is who is going to openly tell government okay i am doing this and that whatever so how uh, if they have, if the government is saying that if i think if there is a go ahead so if there is a if there is a ban neeraj first people to go is the exchanges right oh, okay. second ones to go are people like you and me we can't i mean the government is going to keep an eye on us whether we transact in cryptocurrencies or not we i mean that is my assumption that the second pe- the people who have their uh, who are on the social media and who are vocal about cryptocurrencies those will be the target number 2 first will be exchanges the second will be these these people uh, and then those people who are trading right cryptocurrencies heavily 
they will just hide behind an anonymous identity and never be found so the only like, like really people who are doing things different than trading cryptocurrencies are going to be the first ones to be affected if there is an enforcement <laughs> <laughs> but it is difficult to enforce people will just hide people will hide i mean if the it's so easy i i have a ledger nano for instance just say example I, all my cryptocurrencies is then in that right all i have to do is throw it away if somebody comes i have to just remember 24 words 24 word phrase and i can buy a ledger nano somewhere restore my wallet and accept, uh, take my cryptocurrencies out as simple as that the second way is that you take your bitcoins you take a flight to thailand you liquidate all of them there you bring the dollars back khatam baat that's what i said if like we are jugad indian so very hard to enforce that impossible <laughs> look enforcing is not something that is hard it's i mean it is hard but making rules is not difficult they'll just make a rule and then they'll try to so these are tactics i feel that they are strong arming tactics right uh, arresting the people from uh, you know coin it's a strong arming who gets arrested man who gets arrested for money laundering for and goes into see even if it is an alleged alleged money laundering people don't go to jail like this for 7 days it was arm twisting right and it's that that is what is happening so they will try to do this all the people who are afraid they will leave and whoever wants to trade they will trade anyway like satta chal raha hai jo bhi chal raha hai sab aise hi chalega okay uh, coming to the next point is about immigration of skilled workforce and startup now uh, there was a survey that was conducted by infrip uh, where 84% of blockchain developers uh, felt that if government does not allow crypto assets then they may uh, ship they may be forced to move overseas and we are already seeing that like in, in most of the meetups that i attend uh, they uh, they talk about everything but when you are when they are asked where is it registered estonia uh, malta <laughs> these are the names that actually will uh, come up so i think okay you know it's a it's an interesting thing because you can't operate a business in india without paying taxes right so there is going to be a brain brain drain sort of 2.0 and i think recently we were in the same meetup when we talked about brain drain 2.0 uh and we talked about it in delhi also in one of the blockchain india events um and that is true brain drain i was at nascom and i told them about the same thing companies will be registered outside of india but when it comes to skilled workforce people will start making money sitting at home working as freelancers and then they will like you know take the money in cryptocurrencies and those money will never be uh you know or not all of it will be reported to the government and then they will lose tax revenue so it is not going to be a physical migration which happened in case of internet revolution but it will be the skill migration right here sitting in my own chair right i can i can just work in a in a freelancer as a blockchain developer for any ico right now and be paid in cryptocurrencies and nobody needs to find out about that that's it i or even better i started a company which hires contractors right in estonia blockchain developer contractors i am the owner i am also the consultant who is being contracted to other people my company gets paid in estonia it gives me peanut salaries in uh, rupees to show to the government and the rest uh, rest of the taxation happens in estonia <laughs> so we don't even have to move this time we don't have to spend money on tickets visa anything we can just work from here simple skill brain drain so you are right it is going to have <laughs> it is going to happen or it's already happening it is happening i mean it is happening yeah you are right it is happening okay uh lastly uh like this is a basically a debate uh, which which i hear in all the meetups and in each meetup 
I hear different answers. Okay. <laughs> so I, I just wanted to hear your opinion <coughs> about it. Yeah. Crypto assets essential to blockchain technology. Uh, you're talking about maybe the government saying, okay, uh, we we are one, we are happy with the blockchain, but crypto asset, no, 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 we are not going to do anything about that. Now, when you hear people like Andreas or maybe uh, Vitalik Buterin, uh, they say that it is very essential because that is uh, that is part of crypto economics. Now, when you go ahead and maybe attend meetups, uh, you hear different opinions. You, you hear, well, okay, it's not necessary. Um, uh, and in some meetups, you, they say that, oh, it's necessary, it is crypto economics. So, uh, so can you maybe settle the dispute once for all and maybe uh, settle exactly <laughs> what is right and what is wrong? Okay, I don't think I don't think that I can settle the dispute because this is a this is like chicken or egg sort of a question, right? Uh, which came first? Um, I feel that I personally feel that tokenization is a very important aspect of blockchain, and it is very important. And without it, blockchain is nothing but a database which is inefficient. Okay. Okay. Uh, centralized databases are more efficient than blockchain. They can pull more transactions in a second than blockchain can, any blockchain can, uh, right? And they, after all, if it's within the company, why do you want to distribute copies of the database? So there is no need for that distributed ledger system, uh, right? So, and then if you are doing a consortium sort of a thing, then also uh, you don't really need a blockchain. You can just design the centralized database in such a way that everybody has limited access to it. The only reason there is a uh, the the only reason blockchains or public blockchains are important is because they are incentivizing anybody and everybody in the world to be part of it, part of the network, right? To maintain the network, they incentivize uh, they incentivize by rewards. The rewards are the cryptocurrencies. The cryptocurrencies have value. If they don't have value, nobody is going to do anything about it. So I don't think enterprise blockchain is necessary. I, I mean, a lot of things can be achieved without it, but I have met some people who are implementing private blockchains onto their organizations or are, you know, uh, consulting with other organizations to implement into the other organizations and they have seen benefits of blockchain. They have seen benefits of blockchain in uh, multiple ways, you know, and mostly in this consortium sort of a way where they want to distribute the copies immediately uh, into multiple nodes. So that is one of the use cases of blockchain that is that we are seeing. It is not going to go away. See, all technology works on hype, right? Google Glasses was so hype, but it was such a flop product when it launched. But it didn't stop people from developing things. Snapchat came up with their own glasses, right? And now we are talking about more like contact lenses with computers in it. So it's always a step, right? I think private blockchains are not going to go anywhere right now. I don't see the need for them right now. I don't even see the need for public blockchains aside from currencies, right? Uh, but that's just my opinion. We can't settle this debate. I can't settle it. You can't settle it. Even Andreas can't settle it, right? For, for every Andreas who believes that private blockchains are useless, there is an IBM which is working on it rigorously. So nobody can settle this debate. It will only, you know, 20, 30 years later that we will reflect on, oh, oh, you know, we used to think like that and look at us now. That's how it is going to be. But uh, right now, do, do you feel that the government stance is more towards maybe uh, blockchain, but more towards private ones? I think government is very keen on private blockchains. Okay. Uh, first of all, it gives a brand value. See, government is also a company right it's india is a brand and the operators are this uh, india government or every state has its own government so they want to uh, they want to jump on the branding value that blockchain brings ai brings artificial intelligence brings to the, the country if i'm going to say that india has the highest number of blockchain developers our uh, our government will be taking pride in it because that's going to put our name into some lists on top right 
so government is very keen on blockchain because it's the hype right now um but how many projects are working there was a report recently that uh, nascom and avicent uh, together published so many like 40% of the public sector uh, sector companies are actually working on something to do with blockchain right 53 or something uh, places like districts are actually working on uh, one or two blockchain projects like right? government oriented so we are doing the work we are doing into poc stage where some uh, someone are in 20 or odd companies are in pilot stages and six or seven companies are actually have implemented blockchain into something so we are doing that and government is very eager on that but i don't think that it is a long term strategy uh, you have to have to allow tokenization in crypto uh, in blockchains only then you will have honesty from the public another point uh, was uh, about lessons from history so like i just wanted to mention here that uh, we have like we have evolved a lot like the earlier there was maybe electricity you had telecom you had mobiles now the government stands uh, as as we discuss is maybe there is a some kind of fear factor but uh, uh, my my stance is like if you learn lessons from history if if you uh, maybe was afraid of getting shocks from electricity then maybe electricity would have never been invented so uh, don't you think that the government should also maybe uh, take lesson, lessons from history i think yes uh, but you know in words of varun for instance our citizens are not that honest okay. right our our citizens try to as you as we say you know we are jugaadus we work towards not paying taxes instead of paying taxes honestly we try to so we so with that for every technical innovation how many ways does it open for scammers and spammers and all of those like you'll hear people who have made money from scams like one coin and bitconnect and all of this and you'll also hear people who've lost money in it right but they, those things happened without an intervention from the government now uh, if government say accepts cryptocurrencies tomorrow we'll see the price rising to impossible as maybe by 100% in india at least for a uh, for a limited people join the hype they invest and the price then stabilizes to the market value internationally people immediately lost money and they will start blaming the government so even then you know when probably franklin invented electricity and edison invented the bulb i don't think that the government was keen on you know looking at it and regulating it properly at the very moment they were like yeah they are khilone khelne do inko and it gets out of hand we'll do something about it it's so our our government is staying cautious about things and uh, on the other hand other governments trust their citizens and they have other mechanisms to deal with the miscreants so they are able to give more leeway to the citizens to do things experiment with it we are we are not in that liberty so i don't think it has anything to do with we are missing out or we we should take lessons from uh, history i'm sure that the history will teach us so many things that we shouldn't have done <laughs> and we are still doing it right so there are both sides of that uh, but we have to understand the psychology uh, behind the decisions that the government takes and i i believe that it's just trying to uh, protect the citizens because there are always miscreants and we have since we are second largest population we have more miscreants more miscreants people sitting in india are able to scam us people man imagine it's i mean to scam the citizens that are sitting next to you it's very easy <laughs> i just wanted to mention here that uh, we had a um, just wanted to give you an example about the cab drivers like earlier there was an issue about uh, uber uh, yeah the uber was uh, maybe uh, it was not regulated earlier but after it was yeah and uh, <coughs> the taxi operators the yellow 
PLO taxi op- operators actually complain ki uh, uh, they are not getting whatever. So there is a lot of competition in the and now uh, the, there is a regulation of Ubers uh, and also the taxi operators are operating. So if this can happen in case of uh, a scenario like a taxi operator, why can't it happen in cryptocurrency? A regulation and it can. It can. I have no qualms against it. Um, we can regulate cryptocurrencies and uh, it's just a difficult job but it's not impossible right they need to really really get into it from what i hear there have only been two meetings in the entire year of 2018 okay what are the two meetings i'm sure that the two meetings probably are to how to deal with the case in court <laughs> okay so if the government is not keen on doing it uh, Unless something bad happens uh, or something really good happens, I don't think that the regulations will come. And uh, I don't think that, you know, something bad can happen. See, with Uber, the regulations and all pressurization came after the, it is so unfortunate, but after the rapes started, uh, rape news started coming out, right? It is very unfortunate. And now we are hearing news about cryptocurrency scams. Gain Bitcoin, that Bardwaj guy. Uh, all of these things are coming out now. Even even the alleged uh, BJP scam with bitcoins. There was an extortion case in Surat with respect to bitcoins. So many things, negative things are coming out right now. The government was like, now we should regulate it. But then now they can't because the, it's so difficult to regulate cryptocurrencies. It's not It's not one centralized company which you can summon if something goes wrong. It's citizens, it's the power into the hands of citizens. How do you summon someone who is not in control of any government? So that's the problem. That's yeah. how I see it. Yeah, definitely. Because uh, 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 from your comments, I recollected uh, the, uh, the podcast once again I had with Vishal. And he was saying, he will, uh, as you know, he was part of that uh, self-regulation uh, organization that they had created <coughs> for regulation. And uh, he was saying that we have been coordinating with the government, but uh, the government seems that uh, uh, that there is no priority in the crypto at that particular time. But as you mentioned, that a uh, lot of scams being hap- happening, definitely uh, uh, they should actually look into it. It's, uh, uh, let's see how, how it works. Now, uh, uh, since uh, you are here, I just wanted to... Uh, uh, to ask you that uh, when I first learned cryptocurrency, okay, and yeah. uh, when I went home, I told my mom, okay, uh, today I learned cryptocurrency. Uh, it is not a legal tender, but it is not illegal. Uh, so she was confused. So, uh, what would you suggest? Uh, maybe uh, an average person who actually learns cryptocurrency, who is very much interested in cryptocurrencies, but uh, but somehow it, uh, the explanation becomes very difficult because uh, of this regulation. So what would you suggest uh, to do in this scenario? Or maybe how did you uh, explain it to maybe uh, someone difficult? I, uh, and I give this example, okay, I, I give this example to everybody um, nowadays. I was in Goa, Neeraj, and uh, I was sitting, I was staying at a hostel. Uh, I was solo traveling and there was this guy who was in the same room as me. And we were sitting in the restaurant and uh, uh, we were sipping beers. And I was like, he, he was like, what do, I, what do I do? You know, the normal conversations. I told him that I'm, I, I run CoinCrunch and we write about cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin. So he's like, but that is scam, right? So I told him that I can tell you what Bitcoin is if you are interested. So he was not interested, but because he didn't want to disrespect me, he said, okay. So my first question was that, where do you get your money, your salary? So he said, uh, said, I don't keep my money. I invest everything that I get. I was like, no, no, that's not my question. My question is not where you invest your money. My question is, where do you get it? Where does your money come 
to you know so he's like no but i don't keep anything so i said okay wait does your money get deposited every month in your bank account he's like yeah but i only i spend immediately i i pay everything by credit cards so uh, my bank money goes into my credit card bills i'm like that's fine i'm not so then i had to assure him that i'm not going to tell you to invest in bitcoin i'm only trying to explain to you what is bitcoin then he calmed down and he was like okay yes i get the money in bank in my bank they like, okay so now your bank is the one that is controlling your money then this is what i told my mom also like bank one centralized authority is controlling your money it if it decides it can block your account if it decides it can charge you more fees for your debit cards if it decides it can block a transfer that you want to make to someone else right and on top of that you have to pay so many so much fees to transfer money anywhere so those things are removed in cryptocurrencies there is nobody no single person who's able to control your currency if the wallet is yours the private key is with you your bitcoins are not going anywhere without your permission nobody can charge more fees to you whatever the network fees are you pay that network fees and that's it right it's not that costly it was costly in december 2017 but it's not that costly anymore so that those are the two two important things there is no central central authority it is less expensive to spend uh, send money everywhere and uh, the third thing is it appreciates in value it depreciates in value right so, and it is only it is finite 21 million is the number of bitcoins there will be so tomorrow uh, there will not be an inflation on the on bitcoins but your money that you have in your bank account if government of india is going to print say 1 billion more rupees your money's value will decrease you wouldn't be able to buy the same products with it that you can today so but bitcoin is not like that it's finite in value so that's why you can also hedge your money against bitcoin that's what i told him and then i don't know if he's invested money or not but at least he listened and he was like ha oh, interesting so that's how i get people to talk about cryptocurrencies that's how i got my barber to talk about cryptocurrencies when he told me it's scam uh, so yeah this is how i go about it and i think this is how you can try also like whoever is listening if you want to try to get someone into cryptocurrencies right uh, definitely agree with that but if you have noticed now there are only few people who actually learn about maybe how the banks work what is fractional reserve uh, what is uh, maybe uh, is the bank uh, based on trust or is it based on hold or whatever you're right uh, so a uh, majority of the people and even the people who attend who come to the meetups they are just uh, uh, concerned about oh how much will my uh, how much is the bitcoin price how much will be the bitcoin price go and uh, uh, so how to tackle this particular situation because uh, you are going to lose a lot of users if they do not understand how fundamental uh, the bitcoin works uh, so how how to address this situation i don't think you can address this situation i mean if people have made up their minds that they think that you know uh, rbi is the trusted authority and they are not going to lose money if they keep it in bank you can't convince them otherwise you can show them the way you can bring the horse to the well but you can't make it drink the water right but but i i feel that you know they should be pointed out to resources like you know how this podcast we have discussed a lot of things uh, we've clarified a lot of things and they should listen to that they should watch some videos they should read some articles on what bitcoin is um and then not the price ones the actual important technology ones um and then you know from there they can understand why money is important I mean I don't know I have not seen Neeraj I have not seen one video that talks about what is INR backed by a lot of indians think that INR is backed by gold like a, a best friend of mine right he thought that INR was backed by gold I mean I was shocked and he thought that US dollars are also backed by gold like i can understand people thinking inr is backed by gold but everybody should know that us dollars are not like the gold standards out of question since 
70s i think 1970 so yeah so i mean that was the thing right that is the case what do you tell them you you need to educate them that's all i can say but they they will whether they will listen or not you can't be sure about that no, you and the thing is that what what no no i am uh, yeah i i don't think that you know if i don't think that we need to get more people uh, into the community who are not interested we need to keep the people who are interested by keeping the things interesting in the community right we don't want to lose who are already here we want more people to come but they will come if uh, there if we keep doing things if we build it there is a famous slogan in uh, tech right if we build it they will come so we need to think focus on building things and uh, not on the people who are not understanding it they will eventually get it they will eventually come this will become the new standard and when it becomes they would come uh so coming back to the i actually went up a bit off topic off topic but coming back to the regulations uh, some quick questions uh what do you expect now the government to do like uh, would would it be maybe a balanced approach or now and uh, uh, maybe each cryptocurrency should be considered uh, maybe differentiated into different types tokens like security utility etc i don't think the government should do anything i frankly think if you ask me i frankly think that rbi decision should be revoked and that's it right and that's it and if if somebody is going to complain that they lost money into it the government should put efforts into investigating the case with a ponzi scheme arrest the perpetu- uh, you know the perpetrator i can't do it okay arrest the people who have actually done the bad things and then uh, put them behind bars run uh, run cases pro- prosecute them and that's it see uh, if the government goes deciding which one is okay and which one is not okay in cryptocurrencies they are eventually putting a mark they are saying that we accept this so then people are going to start using it and then you know there is going to be like a need for regulation on how to use that how where you can buy it where you can't buy it let it go let let people let it be a free market let people do what they want to do you know you you have the exchanges you can keep a, cha- a tab on them most of the people are going to use the exchanges to buy so keep a tab on the exchanges and let people do what they want to do don't regulate it if you don't know Uh, if you don't know anything or if you still need time but at least remove the rbi dikta because that is that is really really affecting the businesses yeah. definitely and uh, what do you think about maybe we uh, collectively should be doing as a community to help the crypto family i okay i am going to go with nick scabo with this one okay so okay. nick scabo says that it's not a community um, right it's not essentially a community because community is um it's because i can believe in something and you can believe in a different thing even with the cryptocurrencies i i believe that public blockchains are the only and they only have one use case that is currency you may believe that public blockchains have a smart contract use case which is better than just being a currency right so we will have conflicts within the community itself nobody can tell the government how to regulate cryptocurrencies better than those who are actually self regulating or uh, very thorough with the matter so i think that the community leaders such as nishit desai associates such as coinex such as wazirx uh, such as blockchain india for that matter it's a foundation right those guys should come together prepare a, a, a draft which they did by the way this is the shit did and push it to the government okay? you and i will not understand the uh, we will not understand the nitigrities of how they how they deal with things and public opinion is good but when the public is of different opinions around the same thing i think that it's the experts that should take over until till that time i'm going to get a lot of flack for saying this but i don't think that every opinion counts 
um i don't think so most of them are very much resonating this is with the same sentiments right uh, they are they are they are the shadows of what other people think anyway so i don't think that it's necessary the community can stick together on twitter on social media meetups do all those things please do all those things get more knowledge but when it comes to dealing with government let's just go to the perfect, uh, the good routes like lobbying with experts and uh, court routes leave know? it to the experts right yeah so um, i think uh, uh, there there were a lot of things that we discussed today first of all i must thank you for giving your valuable time because uh, we had a uh, very much healthy discussion about it and i'm sure a uh, uh, lot of people have a doubt about regulations what is happening in regulations in india and i'm sure when they watch this podcast i'm sure they would have a complete idea about it so uh once again thank you for your time and uh, do you want to uh, mention anything about maybe uh, last comments so i think we discussed everything at length and uh, thank you so much for letting me talk for so long um i said what i wanted to say and uh, i always i i love coming to these uh, videos and podcasts because this is where i can talk a lot uh, right when i go to meetups i uh, i'm more focused on pizza then uh, the food food that they are serving then uh, talking but no you know we we should have podcasts we should have events and we should have conversations everywhere anywhere tier 2 tier 3 tier 4 cities gaon gaon mein kahin pe bhi we need to create that awareness and we talk on twitter right neeraj we need to create that awareness pehle to ye awareness aani chahiye ki where is the rupee coming from why is it not a good asset why is your cash not enough to, for your sustenance in the future uh, that awareness then happens then we talk about the different classes of assets and store of values so we need to start at the bottom um, and anybody who is listening to this podcast i want to request you that talk to someone next to you and explain how the indian rupees work uh, the us dollars work and then work your way up to explain how bitcoin works yeah um, that's a that's that's my approach and that's all i want to say once again neeraj thank you so much for having me i really had a very insightful discussions uh, uh, and uh, you know you've asked me really point to point questions i i think some of them i did not expect uh, very happy to be able to answer those <laughs> thank you for your time bye bye thank you bye man